As time's gone on, it's getting a lot less favorable to rent apartments. And that's due to all the regulations. Expenses continue to run. So you're facing issues making money there. And so what's happening is people are building apartment buildings to sell. To your point, if I were to sell it, the first thing you're gonna say is how much money does it make and how many doors are there? And if this ends up with more money and more doors, they will not care that the units are smaller. They will not care that the units are less nice. Neither will the bank that lends me the money. When, when, when I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh. When I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh. Anyway, let's get into our main topic. Yeah, we're now on section two. And so our main topic today is why are apartments so shitty <laughs> and so damn small? And we're asking you, Chandler, this doesn't... <laughs> kidding, 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 kidding. My, you saw my recent apartment. We very nice, the almost, almost too nice. It's almost our, too nice. The craftsmanship at my... I'm going to say this. This guy just said craftsmanship. All right, let's hear it. Oh, there's some cool decks. Do you, do you You're think, a deck guy? Amazing. Shout do you out deck think guy. the craftsmanship from like a trim and kitchen, the flooring, countertops, do you think it's on par with where you were at, at, at uh, Queensmark? I'm not talking common areas, right? And I'm not talking the fact that that's a concrete building. Like you're in a hotel with like okay, a spa. Now, now we're stretching. But so, man, like my flooring isn't separating in gaps. <sighs> Shout out quick QM. Um, yes and no. QM had a custom kitchen. So... Cust Every kitchen's a custom kitchen. No, man. no, no. Like a properly fitted kitchen, stuff like that. But yours are beautiful. Yours are you did very, very nice units. Um, My you're also are charging your kitchen. Your, your, your ceilings are higher <laughs> in your kitchens, um, and you had an actual balcony. I did not have a balcony. Yeah. Um, no, you did an amazing job on those on those buildings. Um, Maybe too nice. I think fair enough. Potentially, t <laughs> there's a point where it's like you got to look at the financial return, right? I'm starting to try and remind people that when they're yeah. doing these renovations, is you got to look at something and amortize that out. So okay. This vanity is going to cost me ten grand, and it's going to last me twenty years. How much more rent am I going to get from that? And is it going to make a difference if I put in a four hundred dollar vanity? Now, I don't yeah. think you did that, and I don't think you went to a point of making any stupid decisions, really. Um, no, but, but you did a very, yeah. very nice job. I think they're really nice units. They're super livable. You thought about people's uh, wants and needs. I was actually in a unit today, and there's only one plug in the bedroom, and I was like, oh, oh. shit! Like if they have no, no, no sorry, there's what three plugs doing? in the bedroom, but there's only one plug on the wall that has the, the bed. I know they put it right in the middle where someone puts their bed against it. That drives yeah, me insane. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell? But on the flip side, I'm like, you know what? The apartments I lived in pretty much all the way up until I got into a nice building. I just put an extension cord underneath the bed, and it was fine. Just so great. But as I was looking at it, I was like, oh, it'd be nice to do that. But at the flip side, there's no damn money in it, so. Like, I already spent a shitload turning the building over. Oh, this is one of your buildings? Yes. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm the one saying it. I'm, I'm, I'm not happy that, that it's like that. But at the same time, like, the, the construction budgets got blown out of the water because prices yeah. of materials went through the roof. Labor went through the roof. And so, no, there's not a ton of room left in it. And anything else I was going to do ultimately would have just boiled out to a higher rent. And I think most people would appreciate, you know what, I'll save the $5, $10 on rent and... Get an extension Get some cord. extension cords. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I can take those extension cords it's with me like, everywhere. It's just like when the electrician is already there and you already got Nobody the Nobody thinks or cares about or... you. Nobody gives oh, a shit. You God. have to do every single thing yourself. Yeah. But anyways, we want to get into why they are like this. And so the first thing... Well, are you talking... Are we focusing mainly on new construction? Because that's where, where they're really shrinking the, the units yeah, down. So the, yeah. So new construction, I think we you hear it a lot why people are like, well, why the hell are they bothering to build this luxury apartment? That's not going to help affordability. Like, this is going to screw me. And then you go in it, and you're like, man, these units are shitty. Like, I went and looked at some brand new buildings the other day, and the units were shit. Like, the paint sucked. The finish quality sucked. All the things kind of sucked. And the rent was high, but it wasn't as high as some of these really fancy buildings that I've been in. And I'm like, well, this kind of sucks, but if I want a new construction unit that's a 1,000 square feet, two bed, two bath, I probably have to be able to accept this 
because I can pay an extra $500 a month and I can have all the walls really smooth and I can have all the kitchen cabinets being custom fitted and all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first obvious one and the first obvious answer to why apartments are small and why their quality has gone down is cost. We all know that. But we're going to add in a couple other items and we'll go back to the costing in a minute. But the first one I want to consider, and we've talked about it a few times, we've alluded to this before, is as time's gone on, it's getting a lot less favorable to rent apartments. And that's due to all the regulations, including rent caps. They're mm-hmm. across the board in the States now and in Canada. It's very difficult. Expenses continue to run. And so you're facing issues making money there. And so what's happening is people are building apartment buildings to sell them. And they're going to sell them to pension funds. They're going to sell them to REITs. They're going to sell them to publicly funded companies. And the reason being is those companies that are going to buy them say, hey, I only got to make 3% on this thing. They might pay cash. They might put 50% down. I only got to make 3% of my money. Mm-hmm. So I can do this. Someone private's like, man, I'm not, I can't put down 50% because I need to make more than 3% to grow my business. So I have to get the minimum down. And minimum down, I can't even cash flow it. Yep. So I can't actually buy this building. right? And so what's happening is these corporations are buying them. And realistically, these these cor- corporations and these funds, they only like they have a group of people they make that make the assessments on appraisals and rent rolls and they viros and structural integrity and so the buildings are meeting all of those, but they're missing, like there's no actual livability factor that's being applied, right? Like they're not going through and being like, well, this is really like how the unit feels and like when they sell them, do you think someone's going through a 300 unit building? Like the the executives of that REIT are no, all going all. through all three like, oh, Where would I put my TV in this layout? And we'll, don't and, think about and stuff at all. And that's all I think about when I go. They're going to come see maybe three units when they're there. Yeah. They're going to come check out a one bedroom, a two bedroom, and a three bedroom. Yeah. And they're going to be the nicest ones because the agent selling it or the person selling the building is going to be like, "This is the unit to see. This is the unit to see. This is the penthouse. Come check it out." And they're like, "Oh, this is sick. This is nice." But they don't really get to see all the other units. And so the person building it, again, they're in a business. They need to squeeze the max margin out of it. They're going to have to cut corners as much as they possibly can to make it work. And this is, you're talking about from the, basically the speculative build, which is these companies that build the building and then sell it to a REIT. And that is quite common. And usually they, they self build. So they know exactly what they'll be able to get at the end based on the rents. Yep. And every dollar they save is an extra dollar they make because they're building it themselves in a lot of cases to, to make that model work. Yep. But here's another example, you know, schmucks like me who, you know, can't build it myself and need maximum financing to get it off the ground. The project I'm looking at doing, which I think, you know, we probably started at 58 units and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, my price per door is like 350 plus HST. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let's see if we can get, you know, like 62 units in here. And that brings us down a little bit price per door. And then I looked at it again and I'm thinking, well, you know what? The times are changing these days. I don't need 100% parking. So let's take, you know, uh, let, let's take my amenity area that was on the main floor. Let's cut out some parking spots, move the amenity to the basement, and let's throw a couple more units onto the main floor. And then who's renting a three-bedroom apartment now? Not many people, right? Yeah. And additionally, if you're already value engineering a building, meaning making a bit more cost economical, and you're already shrinking units, how are you going to tell someone to rent a three-bedroom luxury apartment in a building that's predominantly bachelors and one-bedroom units? So I recently took... Uh, three three-bedroom units and three two-bedroom units and converted all of them into one-bedrooms, which then freed up enough space to add six more one-bedrooms. And then I did the common area space on the main level. So 
I added effectively seven additional units. And that doesn't sound like a lot. And obviously there's some loss because a three bedroom unit might have rented for 2,400, but a one bedroom unit will rent for 1,800. And so by getting two and a half of them in the same space. Exactly. So, um, and the reason that matters is if you can effectively add 10% unit count to your building and keep the cost coast keep the cost close to the same because the big difference is going to be in kitchens and bathrooms and you're effectively adding seven kitchens and seven bathrooms. Um, but that cost is, is offset by the fact that you've got seven extra units because those units, you know, are still worth a, a significant amount per door. Long and short, if I increase my unit count by 10%, but barely move my budget, I've effectively made the building 10% more economically efficient. Exactly. Right, And maybe it ends up being like 7% when it comes out in the wash, but the margins are razor thin on this, like razor, razor thin. So these smaller units return a higher rent per square foot and that's it. you know, you can actually get the project built because otherwise the project doesn't get built. And to your point, if I were to sell it, the first thing you're going to say is how much money does it make and how many doors are there? And if this ends up with more money and more doors, they will not care that the units are smaller. They will not care that the units are less nice. Neither will the bank that lends me the money. Right, so and this, was, this is the reality of it. So that's the other point, is why they're getting smaller. Everything that Chandler just said, but it's your build cost per square foot is effectively not really going to change, um, but your rent per square foot will go up, right? Because if you think a three-bedroom, 1,000-square-foot unit might rent for two grand, a 500-square-foot one-bedroom, like you said, might rent for 1,800. So you're getting a way higher. You're getting $3.30 yep. for a one-bedroom, where you're only getting two dollars in a three bedroom so you're getting literally a 50 percent higher rent your yeah. price per square foot to build might go up 10 percent. so your rent's going to 50 percent and your price per square foot might go up yeah. a little bit to add the extra kitchen yeah potentially an extra bathroom a little bit more firewall and just stuff. for those particular units yeah and so when you go to look at either selling this or even keeping it and you're trying to get your financing it makes it a lot more viable so you do that additionally it is easier to rent slightly cheaper units and so yeah. on average, you need to push them down. But I want to go back to the quality thing for a second. The other thing that's impacting quality is obviously there's the idea that they want to sell it. They're probably people aren't going to go through every single little thing. They're just looking at the bottom line. And so for a builder, they just like the cheapest they can build it for it because they know what their end value is. If it's 20 million at the end, if they can get it done for 16 or 15, that million bucks they make. If they save a million bucks, they still deliver that end result. They make that million dollars if they can save it. Um, a dollar saved is a dollar earned as a builder. The other thing to consider is in a rental market like we have today, people are so desperate for units that you can get away with doing that. Because in other times when vacancy is 7 to 10% and you build a shitty unit, people wouldn't rent it or they would want a discount to rent the unit, right? And so that's why you see in some American states, the units, even though they're being built brand new and they're not even necessarily out of this world for pricing, they are beautiful units, and it's because they have 7 to 10% vacancy. Again, it's less likely now because mm -hmm. there's been so much immigration across North America. But in today's day and age, they can build a building anywhere in the city, do pretty shitty finishes, and get the high top rents as if they built an amazing building in that location. And so they're getting away with it simply on rental demand in this temporary period of time. So there will be a time if vacancy starts to take up that they're going to have to go back to building really nice units and throwing in like, hey, we got a wall-mounted TV that comes with your unit. Or like we yeah. have this underlit uh, kitchens, we have heated floors. We like those things will start to come back as it becomes a more competitive rental market to try and capture a, a client's attention. But right now, you literally be like I have a shed with a floor, and I'll and you're it. getting you're getting you're getting yeah. fifty applicants. The other thing to be mindful of is our 
like styles are changing so quickly. Mm. Like no one would ever put in a hardwood product into um, an apartment building. QM had it. There, there's a couple reasons why. One, uh, durability is a problem. Tenants can be hard on a place. And if you're looking at, you know, you want a place that has minimal upkeep, hardwood is a nicer product, but it's a higher maintenance product. Yep. And the other thing, the tr- trends change so damn much that you have to be really mindful. Like these apartments that I'm renting, I, I've got one uh, for rent right now. I renovated them six years ago. And what did I go for with for flooring? Gray flooring. Because six oh, years ago, man, now. everyone wanted gray flooring. The grayer, the better. I know. Not a drop of anything other than gray. Uh-huh. And Browns are back. Y- you know, it, it's nice that they've they've still done okay, but it's 100% not the product I'd put in there today. Imagine if I had spent big bucks on those floors, right? And they were all gray. And, because I can justify, like I paid, I think it was $249 a square foot for that laminate. Maybe it was $1.49, actually. I think it was $1.49. Hey, $249 six years ago? Yeah, God was, damn, you're balling out. Yeah, I think it was $1.49. They still sell this flooring at Kent, I think. Um, you know, I can justify another three years from now, a unit comes up, boom, all new yeah, flooring. you rip it all out. Right? Um, but it'd be harder to do that if I had paid six bucks a square foot for, for some other product. So that is part of the consumer's culture of today is that things change so quickly and people want to, you know... It's why Ikea is popular. Like people want short term, like, okay, when I move, I'm just going to throw it on the curb. I'm going to get something else new in the new place. And there's an element yeah, of that too. Disposable furniture has become a very common thing. Whenever someone moves out, you see all this shit oh my God. strewn, which kind of yeah. makes sense because of the price of it. But yeah, so then continuing down that path, the other thing with quality, like Chandler alluded to, is the stuff gets destroyed. Not only does the style go yeah. out, the shit gets destroyed. And so if you go out there and you put in high end, top notch finishes, yeah, I know a lot of people are listening and going, you know what, I take care of my units. But you also know that a lot of people don't take care of their units. They do not. And you, you can't help it. Like when I was in a unit, I own buildings, I've owned houses, the whole shebang. When I'm in a unit, I'm just slightly less careful. Like, you know, when I yeah. drop my phone on my floor at home, I'm like, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. I dented the hardwood. In the apartment, yeah. I dropped the floor, I'm like, my phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. So, yeah, that's a hundred Because it's not true. mine. It's not my yeah, hardwood yeah. at the end yeah. of the day. And, and normal wear and tear is their problem. Yeah. And so... I'm going to be a little bit rougher. And there's things that I'm going to slide across the floor that I just don't pay attention to, which is not necessarily the way to be, but it's kind of in your head. You're like, you know what? I pay for this luxury that I can utilize this place and not have to stress about it. When I bump mm-hmm. into a wall, I'm like, ah, whatever. Um, and so people, as much as you may not like it, it's part of being able to keep up with the trends. And again, I, I have alluded to it a couple of times now. I think I might have said it in the last section of the episode was everything has to be amortized out. You need to look at a building and say all of these materials are going to last X amount of years and then look at what the rent cost is against that. I think we've all forgotten about that for the last little while because, again, the market's just been booming and yeah. property values were exploding, rents yeah. were exploding. Had liquid you know, access to cash. Cash was easy yeah. to get. Everything was going great. Now you got to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do I really need to replace these windows or can I squeeze another eight years out of these windows or three years out of these windows? Because they have a lifespan, 20 years. And so if you factor that into your maintenance budget and you say, for every single item, right? You say, okay, windows cost $20,000. They last 20 years. It's $1,000 a year. It's 80 bucks a month. So now you have that as an $80 a month bill. If you do that with your roof, your floors, your everything, you're going to see that, oh shit, if I put in amazing hardwood floors that have to probably be replaced even sooner than a laminate or a vinyl product, that's $150 a month. Yeah. Am I getting that much more rent out of it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I am. So I, 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 I like feel for the people that are out there that are like, I'm getting gouged on rent and I live in a shitty apartment. But again, always understanding that there's a lot of times there's not a ton of squeeze in these in these buildings. Well, and on, on a monthly yeah. basis, they don't make a ton of money. And so even when these corporations buy them, they're really 
really on a tight, tight budget. And you say, well, we're paying down their mortgage. A lot of the mortgages that are commercial on these big buildings are probably like 50-year amps. And yeah, so they're not making they aren't paying principal. down shit yeah. for a long, long, long time, yeah. like a long time. Uh, so just a consideration on why apartments are low quality, because at the end of the day, it's like anything they need to be made to make a little bit of money. And the cost of construction is outrageous. And, and, and Trends people, always change. People are also going to think this is totally a recent thing. Here in Halifax, we have something called the Hydrostone, which is like a really popular this neighborhood. the Hydrostone. No. I don't particularly, I, I think the Hydrostone is, is lovely, but some people lose their mind for the Hydrostone. Like, like, oh my God, the Hydrostone is best. But at the time the Hydrostone was built, they used the stone and they made them townhouses because it was very economical. They needed housing in short order. So those things were built very, very modestly. Now what happens today through renovations and, and through the, the fact that the neighborhood is phenomenal, they have skyrocketed in value. But at the time they were built very cheaply Dumpy because it was a housing, you know, Limited budget, needed housing, needed it quickly. Question for you. Kind of the situation we're in now. Do you think the mobile trailers that they set up on the Dartmouth waterfront and by the commons will become like the Hydrostone? Oh, my God. That is a <laughs> dirtbag question. Uh, hard I'm, no. Uh, just but they might last just as long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they might last just as long. Um, just, uh, just, they uh, are just a great location. Just checking. The plywood skirting, to me, is a huge hit. Um... <laughs> But yeah, anyways, I want to now go back, shift over to sizing. And so you mentioned it. You're trying to get this building out of the ground. And at 52 units, it was a tight squeeze. But then you could see that as you squeeze more and more units in there, you kind of shrunk the amenities. It started to make a bit more sense. And yeah, you're saying you need a ton of financing. Even for those that don't necessarily need a ton of financing, it's still a game of economics. And so they need to make it work. Additionally, if your unit, if they, no one built these 400 square foot units, there would really be no affordable, like, I know oh, right yeah. now they don't feel affordable, yeah. but they'd be even less affordable if we had these 100%. big units being built. Um, and so it's becoming a new way of life. And I think you look at many big cities like that are enormous and have been enormous for a long time. People they live in very small, small spaces. Yep. Right. So it, it becomes a, a normalized thing. And uh, I think what ends up happening is you see a shift of where people spend most of their time outside of their apartments. Like I think in New York, that's a really big thing. Is most most people spend a good majority of their time outside of their apartments in parks, coffee shops common areas and buildings yeah um and so i know new developments in places like toronto and new york have like golf sims and pools and spas and they have all this and it's actually a really cool idea basically you live in your space which is very small yeah but it's for sleeping and it's some for cooking. sleeping a little bit of cooking and a little bit of time spending but when you have friends over they have common a social area. room for that yeah. they have common rooms for that they have pool rooms. They have a gym where you go work out. They, they have, have a restaurant a, in the basement of the building. They have a restaurant in the basement. They have reading rooms. They have atriums. They have all these things now, which honestly is kind of neat. And I think a lot of times they're underutilized. I think a lot of people go live in these buildings. And I can see how it becomes depressive if you're stuck in your little space. Um, and I think we need to change our mindset and get used to going into those uh, shared spaces. Because I think it'll people will actually start to appreciate more. And maybe they do. Maybe I'm just in Halifax where I found people didn't maximize the perks. Oh, they don't um, at all. But I think like they must in, in places like Manhattan and in Toronto because every new building is like way more perks. Well, let's talk about that honest. because the other thing that is starts to happen over a long enough period of time is because there's a lot of people out there be like, well, damn man, but like I want the two bedroom unit, and you're talking about this low wall, like you mm -hmm. want a two bedroom unit. Yep. You know, you get this divide in the market between effectively the micro suites, for lack of a better term. Yep. Right. Um you know, modest, economical, basic finish, small as you can make them, and then the super luxe. Mm -hmm. And 
usually there's also a spike in the super lux and it's still been going on. Like they're still like right now, the luxury market in the States is actually growing, which you would not expect. Um, and that's both single family home, but also multi-unit apartments. You have these two parallel, like super modest or super ball and, and nothing in between. Which I think kind of makes sense when you look at how tax structures are, how businesses are going and kind of what we said, a ton of people just took on government jobs. Realistically, with those pays, we went over it a few episodes ago, you can't really afford anything other than super modest. Like yeah. what we consider a middle class. The, my thing is, though, what we consider middle class is now what we call super modest. Right? Like if you have two government jobs, you can rent a decent new apartment here now. And that's considered super modest. I know if I showed it to my mm. parents and said, hey, when you graduated school, do you think you'd be able to live in a place like this? They would have been like, hell no. Like, well, it would have been bigger, this? but less nice. It would have been bigger, but way less nice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, you have a new car? Hell no. We yeah. took the bus for the first five, ten years. Yeah. It's like, so I think those, that we, I remember when I was born, I only had one, one vehicle. So it's like, I don't well, know. that comes back to this whole thing about, you know, are people today better off or not? And everyone says, oh, my gosh, our generation's not nearly as well off. But, like, you know, you've got a computer in your pocket and someone can deliver food to your door right now. Like, can you imagine what that would have cost back in the day? Like, so it, it, it's, it's, it's different. But you, there is this, some of that is reflective of this big gap in wages. Like, you've got the super wealthy um, that can still demand some of these higher-end products. And then the vast majority of people are looking for smaller, more economical, lifestyle-driven things. But then yeah. also from a de developer standpoint, you know that you can only make money at the two ends of the spectrum. You can only make money doing the boutique, small, like hyper-economical, or the inflated price per square foot on these mansion stuff. Like It's hard in between. It's hard in between. Last thing I'm going to add before I get to run out here to an appointment is a lot of the two bedrooms that I end up buying when we go into them, and even in the two-bedroom that I rented, actually, I rented a three-bedroom, we never use the extra space. Like, that third-bedroom became kind of just a dumping ground. And yeah. a lot of the two-bedrooms I go into, that second-bedroom is just kind of a storage locker more than it is a usable space. The couple yep. is in the one bigger room, and pretty much everything else sits in that other room, and then they have their living room space that they spend all their time in. And they go from their bedroom to the bathroom to the living room, and that other secondary space. In North American culture, we have a lot of garbage and a lot of shit. Yep. Is, is not really being used. That's why I see a lot of places market is like a one plus den and you show up and the den is like a closet with no doors and someone but and it's got a built-in desk. So I go, so this is the den? Um, Which kind of fits Because so. like, oh, that's actually what I wanted. I wanted a desk and I was going to have a whole room for it, but now like I'll just have that be it. Yeah. And it works. Yeah, it does. It does. So anyways, we, well, this is a quick segment. Let us know what you guys think about us breaking up into two. Uh, today we just covered why apartments are getting, I guess, feel like they're lower quality and why they're getting so small. So, thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Check you next time. Thanks so much for watching the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, press like. Don't forget to subscribe. But also check us out on Instagram and TikTok. You can find all the links below. Thanks again for checking us out. Broke, I had rich habits. Uh. When I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh.